high prices invite competition. Senator Elizabeth Warren has a plan to end inflation, and you're going to love it this time. I'm Scott Ott with Bill Whittle and Stephen <laughs> Green, and this episode of Right Angles brought to you by the members at BillWhittle.com. If you like what you see here, holy cow, how long have you been on the internet? Don't you know what to do about that already? Just do it, please. Thank you. Um, gentlemen, uh, Elizabeth Warren, who somehow got to be a U.S. senator, has introduced a bill, and I want to get the title of this correct. It is the Price Gouging Prevention Act, because as we all know, inflation is caused by price gouging, in, uh, wherein uh, wealthy corporations taking advantage of the human weakness uh, during the pandemic have decided now would be a good time to jack up their prices and um, and so make it impossible for people to buy their goods or much more difficult for people to buy their goods. And she's introduced <laughs> a bill to make that illegal, essentially giving the Federal Trade Communication, uh, I'm sorry, the Federal Trade Commission, the, the power to enforce it under the unfair trade practices provisions of the law and the deceptive trade practices provisions. Um, and uh, Stephen Green, I want to get the language of it here. Uh, the Warren bill would, quote, prohibit the practice of price gouging during all abnormal market disruptions. And, uh, and that's because uh, we are being taken advantage of as consumers at our most vulnerable. And uh, there was uh, the thing that they're going to punish businesses for is unconscionably excessive price increases. Uh, Steve, it, that sounds like something that's really meant for we the people uh, to protect us from these greedy corporate <laughs> fat cats. Uh, what do you think of Senator Warren's plan? Well, I think unconscionable depends on whose conscience you're talking about, for starters. It's uh, hardly a, a legal term. It reminds me of uh, – I had a real job once. It was awful. I had to go to an office and everything. It was in a tall building in a real city. And, just, and this is where I learned about the horrors of human resources. And, All those people. Oh, yeah. And so the uh, the lady from the HR lady from from corporate headquarters in Virginia came out to San Francisco to uh, uh, talk to us for a couple of days about sexual harassment. And uh, as she's explaining what uh, sexual and this was in the uh, this was about a year or so after the whole uh, uh, Clarence Thomas Anita Hill thing. So it was very much cutting edge HR uh, torture device. And I remember her explaining to uh, to our little uh, class of delinquents. Uh, what sexual harassment consisted of. And basically, it meant that if uh, anyone was uncomfortable with something you did or said or how you sat, then you might be guilty of sexual harassment. And I said, well, if, if sexual harassment is in the eye of the harassed, how are we supposed to know in advance what we're doing is wrong? And the, uh, the very nice HR witch gave me a look that could melt steel. And that's, that's what this is. This is a uh, this is an extortion racket that Elizabeth Warren is trying to set up. What 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 can they take, Scott? Five percent of last year's revenue if you're found guilty of these unconscionable price hikes. Well, it depends on whether you've uh, whether the government decides that you've exercised unfair leverage. Um, if you have not exercised unfair leverage but have increased your prices unconscionably higher, um, then they're going to take whichever is larger, twenty five thousand dollars or five percent of last year's revenues. However, if you have exercised unfair leverage. In that case, they are going to take 5% of the previous 5%. year's uh, revenue. Yeah this, yeah. This, yeah, this is a shakedown. This is uh, the, the, what is it? The FTC or the SEC will say, uh, you know what? 
Yeah, we couldn't help but notice that everything in your store is more expensive than it was last year. And we would hate to go through a lengthy and expensive court battle. So why don't we settle out of court for just a nice, hefty sum? Um, look, whenever government tries to stop inflation with this kind of way, uh, you get shortages. End of story, because that's how it is. We all remember gas lines in the 70s, and that's why government tried to do it that way. You tame inflation by stop borrowing trillions of dollars, stop printing trillions of dollars, and jack up interest rates until interest rates are higher than inflation, cool off the economy, and nip this stuff in the bud. Um, nobody wants to talk about any of that because it's hard. Uh, shaking down corporations, that's cheap and easy. It's what I expect from Elizabeth Warren. Now, Bill Whittle, what Steve Green suggests there that basically um, the, the, the market is just getting overheated is uh, the supporters of Elizabeth Warren disagree with that. They see this as just the latest manifestation of corporate power. Uh, some, a place called the Economic Policy Institute has said in the past that corporate power was exercised by suppressing wages. In other words, your boss doesn't want you to make any more money. And so as a corporate strategy to increase their profits, they keep your wages down. Uh, but they haven't changed their basic nature. They're now just taking advantage of the exigency of the pandemic to jack up prices. Um, now, Bill, this law does not embrace every possible business in the country. In fact, in order to be uh, to be susceptible to the penalties under this law, your business has to have done $100 million in income uh, in the previous 12 months. Um, otherwise, you're not covered. So only, only Americans who have businesses that generate $100 million a year are greedy. Um, the rest of them, the, if you're generating a smaller amount of money, you're, you're pure. 99 million. Snow. Yeah. And then yeah, there fine. is a definition of unconscionably uh, high price or uh, unconscionable price increases. And that is that if you're selling at an excessive price compared to the average price among all sellers of that product 120 days before the market disruption happens. So in other words, you take the average of what was kind of the normal price 120 days before the pandemic, let's call it, or whatever the, the crisis is. Um, and then you say, well, is it excessive compared to that? So what, what they do is, is they identify or uh, label unconscionably excessive price increases as being those that were excessive. I'm sorry, I'm not following. Um, in any case, <laughs> the burden of this bill, and this is what I want to ask you about, if uh, the FTC accuses you of this, or if your state attorney general goes after you uh, under this provision of the law, the burden of proof uh, that you didn't do this is on you. And you can get out from under the penalty of this if you're able to prove that um, either you're not covered by the law because you don't make enough money, or um, that the price increases that you put through were beyond your control because of other elements in the supply chain or other things. So you didn't really have a choice to do that. Don't you think that it's nice that they give us an out so that the, the few honest businesses might excuse themselves from the penalty of this law? Yes, we wouldn't have to pay the penalties or the fines or anything. We would, of course, have to spend a significant portion of our of our post uh you know, of our of our net revenues, hiring people to make sure we're in full compliance with the FKC, the newly administered Federal Care and, uh, Commission. <laughs> uh, and 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 this is really what it comes down to. Obviously, it's just it's just this the, the inability of, of progressives to to 
not tell people what to do. This is this is their, this is what they live for. This is their oxygen is telling people what to do. It's she can't run a business. She's never had to run a business. So she tells other people how to run a business much easier, much more lucrative. And um, and and the, the whole idea is a, is a rotten idea. Be, be, first of all, the burden of proof, just morally, that's reprehensible. Secondly, if you're if you're complaining, at, I remember when, uh, you know, a couple of hurricanes ago, somebody was saying, my God, they're selling bottles of water for nine dollars each or something like that. Right. Was okay. that at a ball game now, in the stadium? No, no, no. It was, uh, okay. it was, uh, okay. no. and, uh, and it's, and it's not aviation grade water, which is $20, $20 a bottle each. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the, um, but they were saying whatever the number was, right? $5 yeah. a bottle. Let's just say $5 a bottle. And this is outrageous because just before the hurricane, it was a dollar a bottle. Yeah. Well, people are trying to buy it now because water is scarce and it's scarce because it can't be delivered. So we don't know what the guy who's selling the bottle had to pay to get the bottle that he is now that he is now selling right how much of this is is him uh, a crisis a chance for me to for, how much of it is that or how much of it is the fact that yeah he used to get the bottle for 80 cents sell it for a dollar now it costs him three and a half dollars to get the bottle you see what i'm saying none of this factors in to these people because they don't know the first thing about economics which is why we're in the kind of trouble we are and i might just add parenthetically by the way if the issue is unconscionable price gouging, when the income tax was started, they said it would be 1% uh, on everybody and 3% on the richest of Americans. I'm not in that 3%, I don't think. But in any event, uh, it's it's been, I've been unconscionably gouged by the government uh, for my entire life. And then the final thing, of course, is you've got terms like excessive, abnormal, uh, unconscionable, you know, can I get a precise definition of those, please? You yeah. know, uh, my, I, I, I did raise prices, Your Honor. Uh, I did not do it um, unconscionably. I did it um, uh, immorally. Uh, <laughs> and I did it. Um, uh, 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 let me think of some more good adjectives that I can apply in my own defense, you know, but it wasn't unconscionable. It was it was simply um, unusual. Hey, uh, Scott, can I throw something in yes, real Steve. quick about the, the $5 a bottle of water, you know, where the hurricane hit? Uh, it's not just expensive because that guy has to get more. But what those prices do, those high prices, is incentivize people who weren't hit by the hurricane to load up their truck with water and, and, and go sell their bottles for that $5 a bottle price. And that keeps happening until water. the price gets driven back down to a dollar. And if we're going to fight inflation by uh, – uh, taking profits away from companies, here's what's, here's what's going to happen. In Those prices incentivize more production. Ooh, prices are high. We got to make more stuff so we can make more money because corporations are greedy and that will eventually drive down prices. What Warren wants to do is take that money away from companies, take away their incentive to increase production to match the prices and bring them back down. God, she's can an I idiot. Can I interrupt Steve, who was interrupting Breathe. me while yeah, I was interrupting you? Do you, you want to do the rest of my clothes now that Steve has done no, half no, no, of it? No, 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 no. Just, just one thing. <laughs> this whole argument that the corporations are greedy—they're not—they're not greedy. They're optimized. That's the word you're looking for. They're optimized. Every single product in the world has a sweet spot. If you you could just take sneakers, right? You take take athletic shoes, Nikes. Okay. If you sold them for 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 ten bucks, you'd sell a whole lot more of them. And if you sold them for $2,000, you'd make more money on the sale. 
But but what corporations do is they figure where where is the lowest price where we sell the most number of shoes, and that is that is the sweet spot. That is the optimal price for that where we're where we're where we're selling as many of them at as high a price as we possibly can. And if we start to mess around with this, we'll lose money because we're either raising the prices and selling fewer or we're lowering the prices and, and not making a, as much of a profit. And and everything is optimized. So the people that determine the price of a product is you. That's right. Well, as, <sighs> as basic uh, as students of basic economics will understand that prices are just uh, messengers. They just send information about the condition of reality right now. And in Adam Smith's book, The Wealth of Nations, a lot of people kind of get this wrong idea that he suggested that capitalism is consists of a bunch of virtuous people who are selling things to other people and therefore there's this virtuous cycle. Adam Smith didn't say that. Smith was basically saying it really doesn't matter what the motives of the individual is, uh, who, the motive of the individual is who's selling something, even if he intends only to become fabulously wealthy by uh, circumstances beyond his control and maybe even beyond his will, he winds up being part of a virtuous cycle because what he sells blesses somebody else, provides employment to a third person, and it is kind of this miraculous thing that seems as if it were guided by an invisible hand. And so that's where you get this idea of the invisible hand of capitalism. That's why you hear uh, some people who are conservatives talking about laissez-faire capitalism. It's not that we don't care about people. It's just that we realize that when we get in there and try to grab the wrist of the invisible hand and tell it where it should go, we inevitably bollocks things up and cause problems. Uh, Steve hit on something. Thing, uh, that I had in my notes here that basically said, look, when you're in a crisis situation, let's say a flood or a hurricane, tornado, uh, aftermath or something like that, and all of a sudden prices for some in-demand things, uh, whether that be an iron rake or a bottle of water, uh, shoot up, that does a couple of things. And number one, we should have learned during the pandemic toilet paper crisis of 2020. And that is that if you jack up prices, people won't hoard the stuff. But because we had all this sort of moral pressure to not do that, people would come in and buy up huge supplies and they were stockpiling it. They were hopping from store to store and they were cheating other people out of the opportunity to get it. The stores should have jacked up their prices to discourage you from buying more than you need. During the gas crisis of the 1970s, one of the big shortage problems really wasn't that there was really a shortage at all. It was that people bought more gasoline more, more frequently than they normally would. They topped off their tank when it got down near a half. And so America's strategic petroleum reserves were driving around on the roads and parked in driveways across the country <laughs> instead of in one giant tank somewhere in the Gulf uh, region. And so not only will you discourage hoarding, um, but as Steve suggested, high prices invite competition. When you see, holy cow, that cable company is charging $150 a month for that service. I could do that for $90 a month. And then you want to get involved in that market. You start your own cable company. Well, the same thing here. If some guy's selling bottles of water for $7, some other guy's going to see that he could, if he could get the right source and get it to the location and is able to do that <laughs> safely, or maybe not so safely, take a risk to do so, he could sell that bottle of water for $4. And that will drive the price down. You all remember when giant screen TVs were $30,000? <laughs> and the people who bought those TVs at $30,000 made it possible for me to buy one for four or $500 today. Heroes. Yes. And so this is the amazing thing. And then the other thing is that we don't take into account 
that um, the ability to raise prices speeds goods to market. It gets stuff there faster. People are more eager to do so. And so my guess is that even if through some lapse of judgment or flaw in morality, the Senate manages to pass this bill over Republican objective, objections and passes this, this anti-price gouging bill, they will find it is very difficult to find a company that they can legitimately accuse of price gouging and prove it out. And fortunately, in this case, I think the, the great flaw that Senator Warren doesn't fully understand yet is if she only makes giant corporations susceptible to it, not small businesses, those are the people who have full-time legal teams. And those are the people who will wear out the FTC and have the resources to do so and, by the way, who will have to spend a lot of extra money that could have otherwise been devoted to higher wages or been turned back into lower prices for their products. Final note on this bill, if you read all the way down to the end of it, and I suspect even Senator Warren herself has not done so, but she wanted this in there. If you read all the way down to the end of this bill, you will find the appropriation in the year 2023 set aside for the FTC in addition to its normal budget in order to pay for enforcement of these new anti-price gouging measures, the appropriation is a billion dollars a year. I think that qualifies this organization to be subject to the price fixing and price gouging legislation that it is trying to <laughs> pass right now. For Bill Whittle and Stephen Green, my name is Scott Ott. Thanks to the members at BillWhittle.com for making Right Angle possible. 